Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranis Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyren. My Iolana, I do not know where I am, and I do not know where they are taking me. I can guess what they want of me, the power of a djinn bound in servitude. But I know, I know this for certain, they have made a mistake. Mistress Sengal and Ismara Delvkin were acting under orders, I have no doubt, but they are no less guilty. I may not be able to kill those responsible but I will do all I can to bring their worlds crumbling down. Find me once you've returned. I expect news of your successful mission. Inflicting the withering on these fools will be but part of their suffering. Remember your training, gather as much information as you can, and return safe. Signed, Huracan. As Iolana closes her journal, the three of you look out on Coram's realm. The descent from the outpost where you met Mr. Murray was steep, but the stone steps were still in fair condition. The rock face is otherwise craggy and dangerous. There is still a long way to Coram's citadel, and it is miles before you could get to a dark river that separates these outlands from what appears to be an enormous city of the dead. The sentries still patrol all around, but you've been assured you won't be bothered by those under Coram's service. However... This realm is filled with souls who act without orders as well. What do you do? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and jump in and start. All right. Having read her father's note, Iolana closes that journal, slides it back into her pack, and looks to her companions and says, we need to expedite this process. And I believe I may have a way to do that. It's going to take some time. I'll need you to protect me. But I can locate Vale. What? You recall how I found that they were in Quorum's realm before, using my abilities. Now that I'm on the same plane as them, I should be able to locate approximately where they are on this realm. Do it. Take a seat. I got your back. So does he. He doesn't even get to answer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can say whatever you want, Darwin. (laughs) Darwin just shrugs. (laughs) See? I told you. Go ahead. With that being said, then Iolana takes a seat, uh, and the, the whole process of doing what they do is, is it's very ritualistic. 
she brushes kind of a, an area clear of any debris, kind of creating a sacred space, for lack of a better term. Lays out her cloak and then sits upon it, legs crossed, hands, palms to the sky, closes her eyes and begins to radiate a slightly bluish glow, kind of in, in line with her skin tone as hmm. she focuses her mind and uses her nomadic mind discipline and the find creature ability within that to discover Vale's approximate location. The way this works is I spend my concentration points and an hour, and if I maintain that concentration for the full hour, so concentration like a spell, Mm-hmm. And I get a general understanding of the creature's current location. You learn the region, city, town, village, or district where it is, pinpointing an area between one and three miles on a side. If the creature's mm. on another plane of existence, you instead learn which plane. Okay. 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 Very neat. While Iolana is doing this, Darwin, Aranus, what are you two doing? Perception checks. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Like, really, just like keeping a lookout. Making sure, like, me sort of on one side taking one 180 degrees and, like, Darwin on another taking another 180 degrees and just, like, looking for stuff and make sure nobody, like, disturbs us. Okay. In which case, I need a name real fast. All right. So, Darwin and Aranus, roll me perception. (laughs) It's going to be a good night. Okay. <laughs> I'm suddenly very worried. Oh no, you shouldn't be. Darvin, what'd you get? 14. Arnus? I crit. That is a 26. Okay. In which case, Arnus sees her first. Darvin, I think you would see her too, but Arnus spots her while she's still farther away, while she's still just a speck in the sky. Arnus, you can tell, like, that's not just some weird realm of the dead star or like a crow or anything it is someone flying towards you and they're getting closer and closer and getting bigger in the sky and as she approaches you see that it is a harpy just feathery wings a leather-like armor and she is swooping down out of the sky towards the three of you at about 20 feet in the air she stops you must be those three quorum told us about the living folks Is that right? Maybe. Well, if you are, then you're safe here. And if you're not, then, well, then you're not safe here. So, which is it? No, then it's definitely us. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know who this person is. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, then she will introduce herself. Uh, My name's Um, Arnis. That's Darvin. That's Iolana. And you... As I was about to say when I said she will introduce herself, but oh, I thought you said introduce <laughs> thank you for yourself. Mis- no, 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 no. That's okay. Sorry, you go first then. <laughs> no, no, no. She'll go after you. My name is Vala. I lead one of the Harpy squads here. As she swoops down and lands near the three of you, you all really should be careful out here. And Coram does have centuries about, but there are other souls here. And we can't guarantee that they'll leave you alone. Which way are you headed? Uh, to be clear, Ilana has not finished her location thing yet. Uh, I assume we're heading like into the city. And I'm not going to tell the harpy what Ilana's doing. So I just point to the general like that way. Which would be like across oh. the river and like into the main, like out of the outlands, basically. 
Okay. Like just uh, that way. Vala nods. Hmm. You certainly be safer in there as long as you, as long as you stay behaved. And you're, are you here just to see Corum, or are you after anything in particular? Ah, uh, I don't particularly see how that's any business of yours. Oh no, it's not any of my business. But you know, we don't always get the reason behind the rules. I'm just curious, is all. I think I'll uh, keep that to myself. Hmm. All right then, keep your secrets. Do you see? Do you see what Arnus learned from Vale? <sighs> don't trust people. I, don't just spill your guts to everyone because people want to kill you. Yeah, yeah. You I don't want to trust. You don't want to trust a cop. So some in, basic protection skills. <laughs> Why in the realm cop, of the dead? In the realm no, of the I dead. I will. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. Have it your Unless way. Unless Darwin wants to correct me. No. <laughs> He's just shaking his head. No. <laughs> Vala looks over at Darwin. Looks over at Arnis. Looks over at Iolana. And she's trying to determine something. She's like trying to figure something out between the three of you. So, hmm, not you. As she points a finger to Aranus. Which one of you is it that has the connection with Coram here? He doesn't always do favors, you know. How do you know it's just one of us? Aranus, roll deception. It's not wholly untrue, but yeah. no, it's a question, it's, it's, but but it's kind of it's a half truth. <laughs> yeah, and there's no role for truth. I mean, there's persuasion, Ooh. but this feels more like a lie than a persuade. I feel like we've done this before. I have like yes, a huge we have. bonus to deception, but I never yeah, lie. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, I got a twenty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a nineteen. <laughs> God, wow. <laughs> Hmm. So you all serve Coram then. That's very interesting. Did he call you here? Again, I gotta ask, how is this your business? Again, it's not my official business. Simply my curiosity. Things are happening out here in an area where I'm supposed to be patrolling, keeping Coram's order, keeping souls safe. And you three are a curiosity. You're unknowns. I'm trying to know a little bit more. But if you don't want to tell, it's not like I'm going to force you to tell me. Cool. <laughs> That's the most right, non-answer Arnis has ever given. <laughs> well, all right, then. Stay safe here, then. And she starts to fly away. Bye, Vala. And although the way she said that wasn't a threat, it was definitely like a, well, keep yourself safe, then. Because their orders were simply not to interfere with you. Not necessarily to also protect you. And Vala flies away. We've got a short amount of time still to go before Elana finishes her magic. Darvin. Yes. Darvin, as you're waiting around for Elana, you begin to feel something in your severed leg. The one that was stolen from you. Well, that's weird. Make a con saving throw. Uh-oh. Oh, no. I got an 11. That's not going to be good enough. Oh, no. Darvin, as you're here waiting, you feel something in your leg. You don't notice it at first that it's coming from your leg out back in the world of the living. But your leg starts getting colder and colder until it's practically freezing. And when you try to put some weight on your leg, 
it feels weak. So for the next short amount of time, you'll be at half movement speed. Okay. As something is happening to your leg back in the world of the living. And as this new cold pain is taking over your leg, you also feel you're not sure if it's stabbing or cutting. But there's some additional pain behind the cold. Would you say the effect on movement was again? Sorry, is it half? Yeah, half speed. Okay. It's not quite the slowed condition. Like it's not affecting your other actions. It's just your movement speed. So yeah. But I mean, you're still like super fast, aren't you? 25. Not bad. You're still your normal speed is 50 now? Uh-huh. God. He's so still you're, at half speed. He's only five feet behind me at normal yeah. speed. If there were a dwarf or a halfling here, you'd be keeping pace. Mm-hmm. We got Darwin running at Gimli speed. Okay. Darwin, is there anything you want to do about this new sensation? I'm going to tell Arnis about it. That seems like the thing to do. Okay. Uh, Arnis, there's something wrong with my leg. It looks fine. I mean the other leg. The missing leg? Yeah. Like, what? what's wrong? It's cold and hurts. Well, that's not good. Do you know who stole it? Yes, but I forget. That's fine. I mean, player forgets. Darwin remembers. Yeah. It was one of the sailors who came into Capris with one of the other ships who are apparently working as thieves. Cool. We'll add them to our list of bitches we got to get when we get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> a long fucking (laughs) list okay all right are we content to move on to Iolana finishing up i think so sounds good to me just want to make sure darvin arnis didn't have any other plans for this hour nope just make sure Iolana doesn't get deaded that's really it nah nah you're too close to the ranger station for criminals to be here i guess that's fair (laughs) to use a very bad analogy Iolana, this location thing of yours uh Mm. this is like you get a a region sense, like within one to three miles? Yep. Okay. So, Ilana, you've spent this hour focusing in trying to find Vale through your psychic energies. Mm-hmm. And at the conclusion of the hour, you don't know this region, so it's not like you get a, a city name or like a landmark. But you know from where you're at, if you look directly west, there's that long, long, dark river. On the other side of that river, there's the heart of Coram's realm. All the buildings, the citadel, whatever else actually happens on a day-to-day basis. But you know Vale's not that far, at least not in that direction. Rather, you can sense from where you're at, Vale is to the northwest. If you head towards the river and then head north, you could make a straight diagonal line for it. I'm not saying that there's only one way to get there, but... I think that's the best way to describe it is, oh yeah, north along the river. It's hard to tell which side of the river Vale's on, but you know it's pretty close. And looking to the north, you see, aside from the river, you see a bunch of rocky outcrops along the opposite side. On this side, it's a little bit more flat, but it's also much less traveled. The terrain doesn't look easy. But also farther north, it looks like there's some sort of... Hmm. How did I describe this before? Like a tunnel that ascends upwards or like a cave. Uh, The reason why it doesn't look like a hill is from here you can tell there are parts of it that appear to be floating up off the ground. But that is miles away. So I share this general direction information with my companion saying that after spending some time in meditation, Vale is 
that way. And I point like as the bird would fly in the direction that, that they are. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. Okay. Question then. Do you want to try to head there by the shortest route possible? Straight line, even though the terrain's a little bit rougher. Or do you want to head down to the river first and then go north? I'm going to say take the river because also Vale, or no Vale, this is going to be a little challenging. Um, <laughs> Yolana is thinking ahead in the sense that no one tends to, and I would assume in this realm especially, be in one place for long. So heading along the river could allow us to also pick up a trail if Vale moves. Mm. That's my suggestion, Yolana says. Okay, I'm up for that. I got nothing. I just nod. Okay. So as you head out, making your way towards the river, you all three can definitely notice that, yes, Darwin has slowed down a bit. He doesn't seem as spry as he was before coming down here. And as you near the river, maybe just a few hundred feet away from it now, you can see three souls being chased by two huge serpents. They run frantically on the opposite shore, searching for any defense or assistance. They are crying out for help. What do you do? Does he want to recognize these souls? I would doubt it. From here, it looks to be a halfling, a half-orc, and a half-elf on the run from these serpents. Like Very large, like 10-foot-long, tall serpents. Uh, if I don't recognize them, then Iolana does nothing. Okay. He's on our way. Aranus or Darvin? Mm-hmm. Very conflicted. Aranus's instinct is to help people. Do I They're just... not people. Remember that. They're just souls in the afterlife. Do you actually say that to him? Do you say that you are, your instinct is to help people? <laughs> no, but I kind of stop moving. Uh, yeah, Iolana brushes past saying, remember, they're not people. They're just souls in the afterlife, and we have a mission, and keeps walking. <sighs> Arnest doesn't move, but but if somebody pulls him, he will he will go. But he can't quite make himself do it on his own. Meanwhile, Darwin is just kind of looking to Arnest for <laughs> to see what he does. Like, I don't. I don't want to like, I don't want to walk away from these people. But at the same time, I know that every minute we're down here is a minute we're not fighting up with the living. And I'm just like, "Mm." and I'm watching Iolana walk away and going, oh. I don't have any good in my alignment. So if you're not going to do something, (laughs) not. Well, all I'm, and all I'm thinking is like, oh, the power in our party is like, walking that way like the crazy magic power right like oh, fine and i start to walk after iolana okay so iolana walking ahead ignoring the plight of these three souls arnis and darvin reluctantly follow suit and as you get closer to the river their cries out become more distinct you can hear the halfling shouting out he Being the shortest, he is also the slowest of the three. And you hear him crying out for Liana's aid. Liana, save me. Liana, save me. Somebody asking for help of his god, of anyone who might be able to hear. He looks across the river and sees the three of you. And there's a pleading look in his eyes as you all continue to walk away. Everybody make a perception roll. Oh. I see the dirt. Iolana. <laughs> 13. 
Okay. Darvin? 16. Aranus? I rolled a gentleman's eight. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. Darvin, you're the first to see this. As these three souls are running from these serpents, well, I think you see a couple things. First, you notice that these serpents are not like just big snakes. As you get closer, you can see that their heads actually have these tentacles sprouting out from around their mouths. And as they get closer, the tentacles are reaching out in an attempt to grab at these souls. But then, Darwin, you're also the first to notice a flashing light coming from behind around a nearby rocky outcrop on the other side of the river. And it seems to be getting closer. I'm pointing out to Arnett. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. I, I like just, I, I got I got nothing. I'm still like like I want to help them, but at the same time, I really want to find Vale and get the heck out of here because this place is really creeping me out. Okay. As the three of you take notice of this flashing light, you can see the three souls run towards it with anticipation. As the light gets closer, it flashes brighter and faster until suddenly you see a silhouetted figure leap from the outcrop with a ball of spinning light behind them. And as they land powerfully near those three souls, you hear them shout out, Hail! What souls need saving today? And he reels back this glowing flail and (laughs) begins to take swings at the two giant serpents. (laughs) It's Sir Carl! (laughs) But like... But like life-size Sir Carl, right? Like actual Sir Carl Carl? Actual, no foolin', <gasps> Sir Carl Luminous. Holy fucking crap. That's the best. <laughs> and he's doing his best to keep these serpents at bay, which is actually pretty good. You see bursts of light flash out as he hits one of the serpents. And you see him turn to the three of them. Stand back. There's no need to worry. And the three of you continue on, or does it no, being? No, sur- I, I got, I gotta help him now. Okay, so how far away are they from us? Uh, yes, damn you, Scott! I have to do something now because somebody's acting, or because it's Sir Carl. Well, a little of both. <laughs> okay, feet wise, straight line. There's about thirty feet in between you and Sir Carl and this trio of souls. Oh, there is also the dark river. At this point, it's probably only about 15 feet across. Okay. Well, I'm not going I'm I'm not going over there. Okay. I would like to unless you want do we need to roll initiative or something um, before I do something? Are you going to jump in combat or are you going to just are you are you moving to help him with this fight? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well then, I think I need everybody to roll initiative. Sorry, Ilana. <laughs> but we know that guy Iolana's seen Sir Carl at this point, right? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. I'm going to roll for the monsters and for Sir Carl. The souls are just innocent bystanders. Oh, does Sir Carl crit on initiative? Yes, Sir Carl crits on initiative. Yeah, he does. Because everybody else is dragging their fucking ass. Because he's fucking Sir Carl. All right. Aranus. 13. What's your dex bonus? You mean my initiative bonus? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. What's your initiative uh, bonus? Three. Okay. Sorry, you tied with the, with the creatures, so. Got it. All right. Iolana? Nine. That works. Iolana not interested in the fight. And Darvin? Ten. 
Hmm. Okay. So is Sir Carl Luminous, full size. As Sir Carl is attacking these giant serpents, they're going to reel back and attempt to attack him. They're going to try to return the favor. So you see the first one lash out with its tail and just miss horribly. But then it reaches in to try to grab him with his tentacles to get on a nice hard bite. And the tentacles grab around his arm, but he quickly shakes them off. The second one is going to try to do the same. And as Sir Carl is wrestling away from the tentacles of the first, he's going to get hit with the tail of the second one. And there's a very loud metallic clang as the tail hits his armor. But after that, as the giant serpent reaches up to grab him with the tentacles, he's already spinning away out of reach. Aranus, what would you like to do? Okay. How far are they away from the, like, for lack of a better term, civilians? Mm, I guess I will put them in initiative order just so I can see when they'd be able to run away, if that command is ever given. Ooh, civilians are slow. So civilians are, they're 10 feet behind Sir Carl. And both of those serpents are in front of him. Okay, that's perfect. Can I cast Fairy Fire so that it just hits the serpents and not Sir Carl? It's a 20-foot cube. And what's the range on this spell? 60 feet. Absolutely, you can. Perfect. And that's what I want to try to do. They have to make a dex saving throw. Okay, they are mildly dexterous. Hmm... That is a five and an eight on the dice, so I don't think their bonuses are really going to matter. Tell us, Aranus, what color do they start glowing? <gasps> Purple. Ooh, wonderful. You've got these sickly green-looking serpents with tentacles on their heads, and now they have a purple glow about them. They are confused by it, but they've seen weirder things. Anything else you'd like to do? Nope. <laughs> as long as that's up, every attack against them has advantage. Okay. And they get no benefit from being invisible. <laughs> I don't know if they can do that. but Let me see. Are they going to go invisible? Not that you would recognize them, but no, they're not going to go invisible. But the advantage part is very nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why I still have fairy fire. It's a great spell. Like, there's no reason to ever lose fairy fire. Unless you've got something that does it easier. <laughs> yeah. Darvin, what would you like to do? How far off are these things again? It's about 30 feet. And there's a 15-foot wide river in between you and them. Oh, right. The river. Mm -hmm. In that case, I think I'm going to fire an arrow. Oh, Darvin has a bow and arrow. I always forget about that. I do, although arrow stats got a race. So I'm not exactly sure. It was like 30 minus 5 or something. 30 minus 5? So oh, for your, your arrow count. By got okay. a race, I mean rubbed off somehow. Okay, yeah, that's... That's fine. I, I thought you were talking about like attack stats or something, and I'm just so lost. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I'm going to target a snake thing. Okay. There's two of them. Uh, did one? one on, sorry, go oh, ahead. You were going to ask a question if one of them did something. I was going to say there's just one to his left and one to his right, but if you wanted another way to differentiate them. No, that's good. Like the one who hit Sir Carl or? Actually, yeah, I did one hit Sir Carl. Okay. Uh, that'd be yeah, the one on the left. that guy. Side. We'll take that one then. Okay. I do? Because mm -hmm. of the fairy fire? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. uh, yes. You will have advantage. Nice. Fairy fire is awesome. Ready? I'm ready. Yeah, that's a, a 28. Gosh. What is your bonus to using that bow? That's plus nine. It's 
the same as the sword. Okay, yeah. I rolled a 19. Yeah, that hits. The one to Sir Carl's left is reeling back, getting ready for another attack, and your arrow just sinks deep into its side, and it cries out, it shrieks out in pain. Go ahead and roll it. 10 damage. Ow. Do you want to move at all, or do you have any other actions you'd like to take? Oh, since I'm slow, I'll get a little closer to the river. Okay. That's all I can do, though. All right. Ilana, your compatriots have decided to join in this fight. What do you do? Ilana looks at the combat going on across the river and throws a like flippant hand in its direction and uses just a simple, the equivalent of a mental cantrip and mind slams the creature that everyone's been attacking. Okay. Is that an attack roll or is that a save? It's a save. Gosh, I'm feeling so very worried now. I'm going to make a con save. Oh, a con save. All right. I thought it was going to be int. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh. So is this just like their body is getting hit with mental energy? Pretty much. Ouch. Well, that is a 12. It's going to fail. Tell us what happens when you mind slam something. It's going to take 2d6 force damage. And if it's large or smaller, it's going to get knocked prone. Uh, it is large size. So yeah, let's roll that damage first. Nine. So with the flip of eel on his hand, this creature just from some invisible force gets slammed into the ground. Wham! And as this creature gets slammed into the ground, you can see part of its body, well, its ethereal body, start to get pushed away from the force of that slam. And it looks like there's someone or something inside of it. But then its ethereal body reforms and it is on the ground writhing. And then it is Sir Carl's turn. He turns and looks across the river first and sees the three of you. And with one hand, with one hand, he raises a fist towards you in like a triumphant salute. And you hear him shout, wonderful, together we shall vanquish these foes and save these souls. And then he turns his attention towards these large serpents. And he's going to make a few attacks here. Now that you're in the fight and helping him. He actually will make these attacks. Oh gosh, he's got advantage on all these, doesn't he? Yes, mm. sir. I guess I'm doing these one at a time then. <laughs> he's going to make three quick attacks with his flail, starting with the one who's already on the ground prone. You see his flail spin and light flashes. So you see the first one just wail into that serpent on the ground. He moves in for a second attack. Oh yeah, that's much better. And with each hit... You see light just bursting off of this huge serpent. Okay, yeah, all three of those are going to hit. I will roll damage here. I need so many dice. First, we get just the actual weapon damage. For Jesus Christ, Sir Carl. Um, that's... Oh my. Oh my, 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 my. Sir Carl's stronger than I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Because you all have been palling around with Sir Carl Luminous, the belt buckle. You've got the home version of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sir Carl Luminous wails into this serpent with three extremely powerful attacks with light bursting off of it each time and deals 69 damage to this thing. Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the ethereal body of this serpent just vaporizes, revealing 
It reveals the form of a half-elf in leather armor inside, and Sir Carl braces himself, not knowing who or what this person may be. Oh, but he's about to find out, because it is the monster, it is the creature's turn this time. First, the giant serpent, who has not been attacked, going to try to slam against him with his tail again, and try to tentacle, or sorry, yeah. So the tail is going to miss, which is unfortunate because the tentacles do hit, and that is a much stronger attack. So as Carl ducks underneath this tail, the head and the tentacles swoop down from underneath and grab him along the torso. And you can hear him grunt in pain slightly. And as these tentacles latch on, the serpent begins biting through his armor. Sir Carl will be taking 27 points of damage. Oh, no. But he stands fast. He has faced more dangerous foes, to be sure. Aranus. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Not Aranus. Because it is now this half-elf's turn. This one who was inside the serpent. He stands up and curses Sir Carl with word. Not like a mechanical curse. But he curses at Sir Carl. Curse you, Sir Carl. We're trying to hide from Corum. This isn't your place. Don't interfere. And then he's going to cast a spell at Sir Carl. And Sir Carl needs to make a saving throw here. Hold up. Wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have uh, do you have something to, to say something. about that? I do. I do actually have something to say about that. <laughs> uh, I want to cast Counterspell. Oh, you know Counterspell. <laughs> I, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you read Counterspell so I can remember what it does? Yeah. Um, it says, if the creature is casting a spell of third level or lower... Its spell fails and has no effect. If it's casting a spell of fourth level or higher, make an ability check using your spell casting ability. The DC is 10 plus the spell's level. Okay. What is the range on counter spell? 60 feet. Okay. Just making sure we're we're all good. Oh here. yeah. Oh no, I'm okay. yeah, I'm paying attention, but thank you. Yeah. Okay. This is not a spell above third level. So this half elf turns to Sir Carl and attempts to cast the spell command and you hear him shout at sir carl flee but your counter spell drains all the magic out of that and sir carl just turns his head looks at this half elf and glares at him with a righteous fury and this person begins to look afraid a little bit now then aranus what would you like to do uh there's still a giant snake thing right Mm -hmm. there is another giant snake the dropping of the like disguise didn't affect fairy fire, did it? Oh, sorry. The half-elf is not affected by your fairy fire. Oh. They are a something that we'll learn about quite soon, but um, you know that since they are not affected by your fairy fire, even though they were within that area, this is a different creature. Oh, weird. Okay. Hmm. I want to cast Vicious Mockery on the... Oh, wait. No, I guess I don't need to do that. Wait, hang on. Oh, disadvantage. Yeah, okay, that's what I want. I want to cast Vicious Mockery on the big snake thing. Okay. What's your mock? What do you say? I shout with all my might because he's really far away. (laughs) It's 30 feet. It's not that far. I shout at him. You damned ragamuffin. (laughs) You leave Sir Carl alone. Okay. That's a wisdom saving throw, if I remember. Yes. Okay. 
Hmm. As you shout out at the giant serpent, it rolls an 18 to save. Oh, well, it saved. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> save a 17. Um, oh, that's right. They don't have to understand language. They just have to know they're being insulted. But clearly, whatever life or afterlife this creature has led, your words are not enough. Anything else, RNS? Uh, nope. Okay. Darvin. I guess I'll try firing another arrow at the elf that used to be a snake thing. Okay. Let's see. 19. Mm, yeah, that's going to hit. Nine damage. Okay. So you fire your arrow at this half-elf and hits him right in the side. And he winces in pain and looks over in your direction again and just has the look of disgust at you. Anything else, Darvin? Nope. Okay. What would you like to do, Ilana? I'm just going to mind slam again. We've still got one with the weird ethereal body thing, right? Yeah. With the serpent? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Make your con save. Is there any vocal component to this or is it all just mental? No, literally, it's just like, boom, hit you with the power of my mind. So if a mind Ooh. could punch. Well, this one rolled a 19 to save. Damn it. That saves. Is there any half damage? Nope, because it's a, essentially it's a cantrip. Ah. That's a pretty strong cantrip with yep. the whole knocking prone part. Okay, then. You see the giant serpent brace itself against an unseen force and shriek out in anger again. Still directed at Sir Carl. It's not smart enough to know that the damage is coming from elsewhere, especially since there's, there's no visual or vocal component to this. It's just a, an unseen force. And it is mad. And it is Sir Carl's turn again. He wants to do something even cooler, but I need to see what it costs him to do it. Sir Carl turns his attention to the serpent, and you see him spin his flail, and you see an extra burst of magic envelop the head of the flail. And the light turns from a bright white to a bright red as he imbues his next attack with extra magic. And he still has advantage on this, right, Aranus? If it's against the snake thing. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, good. Because one of those was a two, and that would not have hit. But the one that's a 17 on the die, uh, definitely going to hit. So with this red glowing light on his flail, he slams into this giant serpent. There's a burst of light again, but this time it's red. And as it retracts back, as the light fades, part of that red glow stays on the serpent, just continuing to burn at its soul with a radiant might. This creature now has ongoing damage. And then Sir Carl's going to take his other two attacks, all with advantage because Aranus is a monster. Yeah, that one's going to hit. Um, I'm sorry, I think you mean awesome instead of a monster. Okay, if you say so. Yeah, after the first hit, the light on Sir Carl's flail goes back to the nice bright white light and slams into this creature two more times. And just as before, each of these hits releases a burst of light and you can see a creature within this one as well. And every time some of the serpent's ethereal body begins to get pushed away, you can actually see a pair of hands moving in an effort to weave it back in. As he's attacking, you'll hear Sir Carl say, Stay away from these souls, you foul, foul creatures. You have no right. And then it is their turn. 
first with the giant serpent whom he just really laid into. Oh gosh. It's going to take some radiant damage at the start of its turn. Just one, but it's better than nothing. Yeah. First thing it's going to do is try to tail swipe at Sir Carl again. Ooh, that tail is going to hit. So you hear another loud thud as its tail hits Sir Carl's armor. Mm, 13 damage. And then it's going to swoop in with its tentacles. Ooh, for even more to hit. And there's something that I forgot about last time, which I'm not going to go back and do, but we'll do this time. After hitting with the tentacle attack, it can also then bite as an attack. But first we'll resolve the tentacles. Those tentacles hook in for 23 points of damage, and then it's going to try to bite Sir Carl. Yeah, that's going to hit too. This time you do hear Sir Carl like react with actual pain, not being a living person anymore. He doesn't start bleeding, but you do see him wince and grab at his side as he shoves this large serpent away just to get the mouth and the tentacles off of him. And then it is the half-elf's turn. At the start of its turn, first thing he's going to do is just yank that arrow out that Darwin shot at him. I think all three of you can notice as he does so, the wound closes up as if healing. Uh-huh. And the next thing he's going to do, ooh, yeah, he's going to do this. He's going to be a real jerk to Sir Carl here. He's going to turn and his eyes are going to darken and he's going to use his vengeful glare. And one creature that he can see within range has to make a saving throw. Time to find out if Sir Carl is wise. Wise enough to avoid this. That's a 13 on the die, plus his wisdom. (sighs) Oh, this DC feels too low. So whatever this half-elf was trying to do, whatever this glare, however it was meant to affect Sir Carl, Carl just shakes it off. There's a moment there where he stiffens with the shrug of his shoulders and a clench of his fist. There's a pulse of light, and he shakes whatever it was off. And again... This half-elf looks more and more worried about its current situation. Aranis, what would you like to do? There's still a big serpent thing. There is. I cast Firebolt. (laughs) Oh, okay. Go ahead. You have advantage. It's still glowing. Yeah. That's why I chose that over Vicious Mockery. That's a good idea. (laughs) I crit. God. (laughs) How How many dice do you get to roll now for this? Uh, it's only two. Wait. You're over. Oh, wait. I am. Wait. Mm-hmm. We're 10th level now? It's on your character sheet. What level are you? I don't know. I'm not paying any attention. <laughs> yeah, we're 10. I get to roll four D10s. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because it's two D10s at level five, and you crit, so. Oh, those are shockingly not as good as you'd want. 18 damage. Not as good as you want but effective enough. With a blast of your firebolt, the serpent body fizzles away, burns away, revealing a person inside of it as well. Oh. What? Carl isn't looking so good, huh? No, he's taken a fair amount of damage. Oh, can I, can I heal dead people? I don't know. Um, after I finish telling you who falls out of the serpent. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, you do that first. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm jumping ahead. Okay. No, I just didn't know if you had a question related to what had just happened. No. 
as the serpent body burns away, you see someone fall out of this serpent as well. She looks like a dwarf, but taller. She's a half dwarf, but she hits the ground with a slight thud, looks up at Sir Carl with a little bit of fear in her eyes, looks across the river at the three of you, definitely concerned. Now, Aranis, is there anything else you'd like to do? To cast Healing Word as a bonus action on Sir Carl. Yes, you may. I'm going to cast it at level two. Mm. Eight. Okay. Well, I don't think traditional medicine that you learned, at least in the world of the living, would work on Sir Carl here. Magical healing? Yeah. I think that'll work just fine. Cool. You see Sir Carl perk up a little bit at receiving a little bit of extra health. Thank you, new friends. (laughs) Is that it? Yep, that's it. All right. Darvin, both of those serpents have been wiped away, revealing two humanoids, the half-elf and the half-dwarf. What would you like to do? I suppose I will fire another arrow at the half-elf. Ooh, okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. I got a crit fail. Ooh. You fire your arrow at the half-elf, and they're ready for it this time. They know you're over there shooting, and they see your arrow coming and just snatch it out of the air. Anything else, Darvin? Nope. That's it. Okay. Ilana. Mind slam again. (laughs) All right. Who do you want to mind slam? We still got a serpent dude, right? No, the serpent's gone now. There's the half elf and the half dwarf. Uh, Half elf, then con save. Okay. So again, we just see an invisible force trying to slam them down. And that comes to 18 total. Saves again. Whew. They're feeling a little better about themselves. They're starting to fend off attacks, but they still do not like being outnumbered here. It is Sir Carl's turn. Foes, I wish you no harm, but you must leave these souls be. And he's going to want to do something that's not super damaging since he's just tried to convince them to go. Yeah. You know what? He's just going to do this with some righteous intimidation. Yeah. Not with a four on the die, he's not. So Sir Carl, physically very imposing, but his words are just not scaring these two off. And so Sir Carl moves to... He's going to move to grab one of them, just to restrain them from doing any further harm. He's going to go after the half-dwarf. Okay. Looks like it's going to be strength to be strength here. I'll give you a hint. Sir Carl is stronger. <laughs> oh, no. Listen, crit fa- mm. Sir Carl crit fails. Oh, no. On an attempt to grapple this half-dwarf who, after bonuses, got a 20. So I think the only right thing to do, the same thing I would do if one of you just tried this, Sir Carl goes in for a, like a dive tackle to try to restrain this half-dwarf, who quickly turns it around, grabs Carl's arm, and slams him to the ground, holding him there. So the grapple's gone the other way. And it is their turn now. First, we have the half-elf, who is just really tired of being shot and slammed at from a distance. (laughs) Not a big fan. So I think especially now that Sir Carl is pinned, mm, he mad and what he's going to do. Yeah, he can do all of these things. You see this half elf turn, locks eyes on Darwin and just starts sprinting at him. And 
when he gets to the river, leaps across. Uh-oh. And as he does so, let's see, what is this? Vocal component. Yes. I think you can all hear him whispering some magic. And as he does so, his fists start glowing blue. Darvin. Yes. He's going to rush up to you and try to punch you a couple times. It's going to take a good couple of swings. So the first one, that's a 16 on the die. So I'm pretty sure you're going to get hit here. Probably. My AC is 17, so if there's any bonus, okay, yeah, that'll hit. He's got a bonus. Ooh, 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 this is good stuff here. So first, Darvin, you're just going to take some bludgeoning damage from this fist. He has a very hard fist. Oh, no. So first, you're going to get punched for 11 bludgeoning damage. And then, as that first punch hits you, you see the blue light around his fist turn into a bigger fist. And you're going to take some extra damage from that. Oh, dear. Didn't sound good. Mm-mm. You're going to take 14 psychic damage as this fist just punches into your psyche. And I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, dear. Yeah, dear. I got a 21. Okay, you're fine. Whew. And as that punch lands, the light fades away. And then he's going to punch you a second time. Or he's going to try at least with a non-glowing fist. Ooh, that is a nine on the die. Oh, uh, shoot. I use cutting words. What are your cutting words? So I'm going to chuckle like every time this happens because my instinct is always going to be dead things should stay dead. <laughs> um, but I'm not. <laughs> They're in the land of the dead. Where else is he supposed to go? <laughs> I know. That's, that's why I'm laughing because I can't say that, but I want to. <laughs> I'm just going to shout, stop punching my friend. (laughs) (laughs) All right, roll your, uh, what's the die for this? It's a D8. Gosh, roll your D8. Oh, I got a six. Yeah, that punch misses hard. Nice. Thank you, Ernest. You're welcome. (laughs) Your words catch him off guard, and the fist just right over Darwin's shoulder. And then it's the other one. She has Sir Carl pinned at the moment. Oh, crap. That's right. I should let so you get hit. what is she going to do? <laughs> Forgot about that, too. Yeah. Mm. So she's going to keep holding Sir Carl's arm with one arm and place a foot uh, down on his shoulder, on his back, to keep him down there, and then just going to try to punch him a couple of times in the back of the head. Not playing clean. No. The first punch, Sir Carl manages to squirm a little bit out of the way and it hits the ground and then the second punch oh, i gotta not use this die i don't know if that's a one or a 20 that's a 20 so the second punch crits she reels back and just slams her fist into the back of sir carl's head and punches sir carl for 23 damage Arnus. oh shoot how far away is that? Is it a lady? Yeah. With Sir Carl. 30 feet. Brilliant. I'm going to cast blindness. Okay. <laughs> she needs to make a con saving throw. Let's look at her con bonus. It's okay. It's okay. It's not super, but it's okay. An 11. Absolutely not. She's blind. I didn't think so. Gosh. You cast your spell and immediately... She reaches a hand up to her eyes, shocked at losing sight, 
and lets go of Sir Carl's arm. Still has a foot on him, but he is not restrained right now. What else would you like to do, Arnis? That's all I can do. Okay. Darvin, you've got this half-elf right in front of you. Yeah. Punching away at you. Let's attack that guy. All right. How do you want to attack him? Leg sword. All right. Let's unsheathe a leg and get cutting. Yeah. I got a 17. That's going to hit. Nice. So that'll do 13 damage. Okay. And then I get my second sword attack. Ready? I'm ready. Ooh, that's not as good. That's a 11. That's going to hit. Oh, wait, wait. Sorry. I'm looking at the wrong person. Um, (laughs) What? uh, 11. No, no. 11 does not hit. That sounds more likely. Yeah. I'm like, wait, no, 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 no. He's wearing armor of any kind. 11 (laughs) should not hit. Yeah. I rolled a two. I will spend a key point to flurry. All right. Let's do it. So first punch is a 20. That'll hit. And that will do seven. Mm -hmm. Second punch, uh, 19. Yeah, that'll hit. Absolutely. Seven damage. Okay. And that is it. All righty. All righty. Ilana, what would you like to do? You've got one of them on your side of the river now, and there's still one over there fighting Sir Carl. So I'm going to use my bonus action to summon my soul blades. Mm. And I'm going to go right up to this dude and or person and stab them with a soul blade. Yeah, you can stab this dude with a soul blade. 21 to hit. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll hit. 11 psychic damage. That hurts. That hurts. Ilana, anything else? That is all I can do. Okay. Oh, Arnis, that blindness. How long does that last? One minute, but at the end of each of its turns, it can make a con saving throw. Okay. In which case, Sir Carl, I think, is easily able to push himself up, seeing as the half-dwarf is now blinded and not mechanically confused, but they are blinded and confused. Yeah. And noting Sir Carl can tell that something is wrong with them, like they can't see, he can say, oh, my new friends have done some magic. Wonderful. Sir Carl is going to reach into a bag and he's going to pull out some rope and he's just going to tie this person up. He doesn't need to destroy them, but he does need to make sure they don't do anything to these other souls who are over here. So let's see. Sir Carl rolls an 18 on the die. I'm going to give the blinded one disadvantage against this because they can't tell where the rope is coming from. <laughs> so that is a four on the die for them. Sir Carl quickly ties them up. You stay here. We'll deal with you after I've taken care of your companion. He turns to the three of the souls. Um, he turns to the three of the civilians, gives them a quick thumbs up, and just starts charging towards the river. And much like that half elf, just takes a leap and flies across and lands. His boots sliding in the dirt and the gravel and stands tall, kind of. Uh, flexes out a little bit. I'm here to help. And then that's all he can do. Tying up that person was an action. Darvin, it is your half-elf friend's turn. We're going to give them a name now just so I don't have to keep calling him the half-elf. This is Nemorosa. The half-dwarf over there is Asterius. Just to make things a little bit more personal. Nemorosa looks at you, Darvin, and, you know, he's going to do that same thing he did last time. He's going to whisper some magic into his fists, and they're going to start glowing blue again. 
numbers on die, please. Okay. Nemorose's fists glow blue, and he's going to take a swing at Darwin. That's an 11 on the die. I'm going to use cutting words. Okay. What do you say? Uh, I don't know. Something about like brightly colored fists or <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. But you... My buddy's got blue fists too. It doesn't frighten me. Oh yeah. <laughs> you go scare somebody else with those blue fists of yours. Okay. Roll your die. I rolled an eight. Okay. That punch definitely misses. <laughs> But his fists stay blue, and he takes a second swing at Darwin. That is a three on the die. Well, I mean, I can't do anything about it now, so because it's a reaction. Yeah, no, I know. So. But despite both of those punches missing, his fists remain glowing blue, as if the magic is still charged up in the fists. And Darwin, this close, you can see that some of those leg sword wounds of yours, like, healed up just a little bit. Not entirely, but they started closing. Damn. Aranus, what would you like to do? Oh, sorry. Before we get to you, Aranus. Um, That's fine. Asterius is going to try to save against being blinded. What did you say? Con? Yes. Does an 18 save? Yes, it does. Okay. She regains her sight, and she starts struggling and just shouting across the river, Who did that? Who blinded me? I'll make you pay. And she's just struggling against the ropes. <clears throat> now, Aranus, it's your turn. Can I get to Sir Carl without yes. this person having it? Okay. I want to cast Cure Wounds. Ooh, okay. On our Carly friend. Um. Oh, for God's sake. Seven. Mm. I rolled a two. Woof. Is this the one where you have to touch him? Yes. After you touch Carl and heal him up, he looks down at you, like pats you on the shoulder pretty heavily in a very friendly, jovial manner. Thank you, friend. I will make sure to pay you back for this. What else would you like to do? My first instinct is to say, oh, Carl, you, you already have. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't want to confuse him in the middle of combat. (laughs) I I can't do anything else. Okay. Darvin. Peace. Nimorosa is still in front of you with those glowing blue fists. What do you want to do? Attack. All right, let's do this. Leg sword. Uh, That's a 20. Yeah, that'll hit. 11 damage. Okay. One second here. He has to make a con saving throw. Okay, he does. Okay, second sword. Ready? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 18. Yeah, that's going to hit too. Eight damage. All right. Ooh, just a second here. Just trying to see uh, if those fists can stay glowing blue or not. Uh, yes, just barely, but yes. Go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna flurry again. Alrighty. Okay, first punch, 15. That'll hit. Six damage. I keep rolling minimums. And they keep saving. Second punch, ready? Mm hmm. 18. That'll also hit. Seven damage. And that's it. That's not a lot of damage, but that last attack was enough to knock their concentration. And you see the blue light fade from their fists. And he looks down, just like, ah, angry. More losing that spell than the damage you've done. Nice. Ilana, what would you like to do? Well, I have two going blades and one target. I think I'm going for two attacks. Okay. (laughs) 
see. First attack. It's an 18 on the die. Yeah, that's going to hit. Seven damage. What type of damage? Psychic. Hmm. Doesn't hurt as much as you would want it to. Well, that's interesting. Mm Hmm. You want to keep attacking? Yes. No, I'm going to keep attacking this way this turn. Okay. Uh, so yes, one more. 11? No, that one's not going to hit. Oh, come on, Sky. Uh, I mean, I know, I know, I know, I know. You really want it, but I'm sorry. He quickly ducks and like, bats your hand away as your blade is coming in. That's lame. Yeah, that is lame. Um, it's Sir Carl's turn. Hmm. Let's see, what does Sir Carl want to do? He says, we don't need to destroy their souls. We simply must prevent them from hurting others. And he spins his flail around and the light starts fluctuating colors and he's going to cast a spell at Nimorosa. Sir Carl is trying to cast Hold Person. And Nimorosa fails and is now paralyzed by Sir Carl. And Sir Carl will say, Not to fear. I've restrained them. Can you tend to the others? As he motions to the three on the other side of the river. Ah. It is Nimorosa and Asterius' turns. So first, Nimorosa is going to try to save again and try to get out of this whole person. Ooh, and that's a crit fail. No, that's not working. Their limbs just seem to lock up and they're moving even less. Meanwhile, Asterius is going to try to wriggle out of these ropes. And roll a two on the die. So guess who's not moving anywhere? Aranus. The two enemy combatants seem to be restrained for now. Well, okay, so this wasn't particularly our fight to begin with, so I'm going to look at Sir Carl and just say, should I keep attacking? Like I said, we don't need to destroy them. We just need to protect the innocent. So I should tie this one up. That is a much better idea than attacking. Yes. Cool. Do you have you rope or rope? anything? to? I don't, I, I, I don't, actually, I don't think I have rope. Because <laughs> we... <laughs> the someone? You got... You got some Sir rope, Carl? <laughs> he just used it on the person on the other side of the river. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think Vale has a rope. <laughs> Collectively, Vale has all your rope? Well, I guess not. I guess I have a pack. Have so, you spent I... your rope before? Yes. Did I? Probably. Have we replaced it since we were on the island? And if you have, why wasn't it in Vale's pack? Well, wait. What did we do on the island with rope? Uh, we you, went along the walkway and fell off like three times. Yeah, some rope got spent there like and left behind. That was, gosh, you've been on the ship again since then. You've been through Capris a couple times. You've been plenty of places where you could have gotten rope again. I'm cool if you want to say you've got some rope. It's not like it's an expensive piece of equipment. I, but I then, do love the idea of everybody frantically searching for their packs through their packs for rope and just being like, where did we put it? Where did I put the damn rope? Um, I swear I had some rope in here. It's like hunt, 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 hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to come up with a reason why Aranus wouldn't have like bought more rope. Yeah, that's the other thing too. It's like basic adventuring gear. Like, like rope I'm pretty sure if we lost some rope, and- I would have bought mm-hmm. more rope. Probably. Yeah. So I'm going to say that I have rope, but I don't mind since we're having all this waffling if it like takes me around to pull it out. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's okay. <laughs> no, you can pull the rope out right now. 
You cool. just have to make a check to tie this person up well. Oh, they're not moving. They're paralyzed by the whole person. But can, you still need to tie I some make, knots. Can I make Darwin help me? <laughs> if I'm Darwin wants to assist, he's next. Sure, I'll assist. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, what All kind right. of a check is this? <laughs> All right, Aranis, make an athletics check with... Uh, oh, wait. God. Sorry. Uh, hmm, this is a good question here. Are you just trying to tie a very, very tight knot? Or are you trying to tie like a complex good knot? Like this is a knot used for tying people up knot or just like, nah, it's going to be just so strong they can't bust out of it. No, the first one. A smart person's knot. A smart person's knot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who taught to tie that knot? (laughs) Veil. I just picture one day on their travels, they're like, Veil's just like, okay, come here, Ernest. Tie me up. <laughs> twist, twist, twist. No, really, tie me up. <laughs> In which case, um, because you want to do this quickly, let's do a dex check with proficiency. Oh, I got a 17. Okay, yeah, this is a good knot. I think this is, this is a smart knot. It doesn't require a lot of strength to be tied, but it holds fast. So yeah, Aranis, with Darwin's assistance, the two of you are able to tie up Numerosa. Asterius is still bound on the other side, and those those three souls on the other side of the river are looking much more calm, much less freaked out by the situation. Darvin, what would you like to do? Um, everyone's incapacitated, right? Yeah, yeah. And we've tied everyone up? That's how they're incapacitated, yeah. Right. In that case, I don't think I need to do anything. I'm going to look at Arnis and wait for direction. All right. It is Sir Carl's turn. Thank you, new friends. Join me on the other side of the river. We can tend to the innocent and make sure that these two get properly taken care of. And he picks up Nimorosa, throws him over his shoulder, and turns and is going to make like a running leap across the river again. Oh, uh. Hmm? <laughs> He's like yes. already back on the other side before I can. Like, um, so, uh, it's, um, yeah, Sir Carl. We're, we're actually not going that direction. We, we have to go that way. And I point off in the vague direction that we're going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just a moment then. He takes the end of the rope that he used to tie Asterius with and wraps it around the rope that Nemorosa is tied with. So the two of them are kind of like locked together a little bit more, like their ropes are tied together. But he drags them away from the innocent souls who are very thankful I like coming up and shaking Sir Carl's hand. He's returning with a smile. Well, I can't let you leave without thanking you properly. Should I come over there then? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Sir Carl is very athletic. He can make this jump with ease. He turns to the civilians. Just a moment. And once again, dish, 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 dish. <laughs> And slides into the gravel on your side of the river. My apologies. I didn't realize that you had somewhere else to be. I was hoping that we could do our duty here and take care of those. Take care of those evildoers and bring peace to the innocent. But I understand everybody has their own missions. Where are you off to? Off to find a friend. Are they in danger? We don't know. I would gladly offer you assistance, but I must tend to those two first. Uh, okay, Sir Carl, this is going to sound real weird. Um, 
So, and I like, I kind of whisper to him, like, well, he can tell that we're not actually dead, right? Um, I don't have it on me. Oh, yeah. she, I didn't bring it through the portal. You don't have the belt buckle? Oh, that's too bad. No. <laughs> I but for like can you can you tell that we're not like dead? Do we look different than actual dead folk? The dead folk that you've seen, the souls that you've seen, I should say. It's not like they're here and their bodies that are withering away or they've turned to skeletons. The souls that you see here appear pretty much however they looked before they died. Okay. So if somebody were to have been a zombie and then died again, they would probably look very much the same as a zombie. But those people across the river that you helped protect, they just look like people. Okay. Can people tell that you're alive and have physical bodies and aren't just souls? Uh, yes, they can. But not okay. always at first glance. Okay. It's something that people don't even look for, honestly. like Right. Because we shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. They, um, they just don't see living people here. So Sir Carl doesn't notice it at first. He's caught up in the moment of protection. Okay. So I kind of lean a little bit closer to him and I go, we're, we're not, we're not actually dead, but that's not the weird part. Um, I would call that the weird part <laughs> in the, it's, you haven't heard the rest scheme of things. You, you haven't heard the rest of it in, in the like land of the living. I have a belt buckle with you on it <laughs> and you like help us in battle or your belt buckle self does. I'm glad that you can draw strength from my image, new friends. <laughs> I, it's really... He doesn't understand what you're saying right now. Like mm-hmm. He just thinks like it's an inspiration thing. I, sure. He doesn't know that a belt buckle was made out of him or that it then later became magic and could pop out a little Sir Carl. <laughs> Why would he In know that? <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's fair. In any case, I just want you to know that you're like the coolest dude ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad that I get to tell the actual you that. <laughs> it pleases me to hear that. <laughs> now, you're heading off to save a friend. Very noble, very righteous act indeed. Is there anything that I can do for you before I take these souls to justice? Uh, what were they? Or how did they do that? Hmm, the serpent thing, you mean? Yeah. It is a trick. Not to say it's not real. Unlike the world of the living, when souls here are defeated, death here doesn't leave behind a body. You vanish from existence. And the more sinister of souls, seeking to avoid judgment, have taken to wearing other souls as protection. It certainly goes against what is right, and it it provides a challenge for keeping others safe. Because it's impossible to tell... No, it is difficult to tell whether or not that is the case if there's another soul within oh that's that's weird it's it is an evil act i would say to endanger somebody else so that you may be safe it should be the other way around put yourself in danger so that others may be safe yeah well thank you sir carl i still feel as if i owe you for your assistance and for the healing surely i can offer one of you a trinket as a token of my gratitude ah uh, uh- uh, sh- sure, I guess. Sir Carl places his flail at his hip. His hands reach into the collar of his plate mail at his neck, and you see him unclasp a necklace. It's a silvery chain with a blue-like pendant, and he offers it for, he just places it in his hand. I would offer you this. If you take it and wear it, 
You'll be protected from being found when you do not wish to be. You can hide yourself from those who would spy on you from afar with magic and Mm. other sorceries. Hmm. If one of you wishes it, of course. I do not mean to obligate you into taking a gift. (laughs) No, I'll I'll take it. Uh, Thank you. Is Arnus going to wear it? Yes. Okay. Oh, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. Just a second here. He's going to have something for Iolana and Darwin too. Sir Carl turns to Darwin and Iolana. I do not wish to leave you out. Well, I do not have enough amulets for everyone. Needing only one myself. I can give you something that you might find useful later on. And he pulls out two potions from his pouch. Not potions of healing, because yeah... They may not work the same down here. Well, magic would work the same, but he may have already taken those, or maybe he just doesn't use them. He holds out two vials. One of them is quite small, maybe only an inch or two high and half as big around, and it has a nice semi-glowing blue liquid inside. The other is a little bit bigger, probably about twice the size. It has a vibrant red potion inside. He's going to look between Darwin and Iolana for a second. Young man... Yes, sir. You were quite brave in the face of those foes. Please, if you would, you may have one of these. This one here, and he holds up the small one, you can drink to make yourself smaller for a Mm. period of time. Well, it would make whoever drinks it smaller. Sure. And this one here can make you braver in battle as he holds up the red one. Nice. I will take the small one, I suppose. Darvin, you get a potion of diminution. Whoever drinks it gets the reduce effect of the spell of the same name for 1d4 hours. Wow. So yes, you could make yourself quite, well, smaller. I want to say it's half size. Yeah, half size, which would also give you disadvantage on strength checks, strength saving throws, and your weapons shrink, reducing the damage of those as well. So whether or not you want to drink this or have somebody else drink this, that's up to you. But Got you. I found such things useful for getting into height spaces. Clever. You, miss. I have this potion here. It can make you quite brave. Make you better able to stand up the stand up to face-to-face combat. I would give this to you, if you would have it, as a way of showing my thanks. Thank you. I will use it wisely. Okay. Iolana, he has given you a potion of heroism. For an hour after drinking it, you get... 10 temporary hit points that last that long. And also during that time, for that hour, without concentration, you are under the effect of the Bless spell, which is whenever you make an attack roll or a saving throw before the spell ends, you can roll a d4 and add that to the attack or saving throw. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So go be a hero. Sir Carl turns to the three of you. Well, I wish you luck on finding your friend. I hope they are safe. I must head further within Corum's realm to bring these two to justice. If you do come deeper into the realm, closer to the Citadel, it would be wonderful to see you again. We'll say hi if we do. Excellent. I bid you safe journeys. Farewell, Carl. Farewell. And once again, he leaps over the river. (laughs) He gives a few kind words to the civilians, to the innocent souls before grabbing Nemorosa and Asterius, one over each shoulder, and carries them into Corum's realm. What are you all doing? Onward, whichever way that Onward. is. Onward. 
Onward and northward. Oh, important question. Are you guys taking a short rest here to heal at all, or is this just powering on? Oh, I feel like we probably should take a short rest. I don't took a lot, so we probably should. I could, yeah, we should stop. And that way I can also get my cool. my bardic inspiration points back. Okay. Darcy's good. Mm-hmm. And if you use, if you do hit die, you get an extra D8. Nice. Clear thing. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Yeah. So you spend a little time healing up, recovering from your wounds of the battle before picking up and moving on. Okay, so I got an extra D8, right? Yeah, just nice. once, but yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm set. Okay. After taking some time to heal up after the battle, Darvin, Ilana, and Aranis, the three of you head north along the river in search of Vale, and we zoom ahead of your path, out of sight, until we come to Vale, Barreras, Suppression, and Karis, along with their new, well... Not friends, but Colonel Faybrook and a pair of wyverns who are escorting them to go find Vale's friends, having been offered a safe passage out. Vale, since you're the since you're the driving force in that party there, let's say. This is your goal we're after, after all. What is your vibe right now towards Colonel Faybrook and the Wyverns? Wyverns. Say negligent. Um <laughs> Pretty much just headed off in a direction back towards the river with the intent of hopefully getting some sort of idea of which way we're going. I don't trust this guy as far as I could throw him. Okay. Well, Vel, I told you that I've heard where your friends came in through. If we keep going this way, we should find them. As long as you can trust me, which I understand may be difficult, but I won't lead you astray. I promise. Barreras and Suppression, how are you dealing with this new awkward dynamic? Uh, I'm not really sure what to make of it, honestly. I'm I'm with Vale, so I think probably I'm taking my cue from them and just like, I guess we're going along with this, but this guy, to me, seems like super not trustworthy, like at all. I've only had one interaction with him and he was holding out information on us the whole time. So I don't trust him. And the fact that he may know where your son is at doesn't I, change that at all? Well, I mean, I'm interested in knowing that, but I'm super suspicious of the fact that he left that as like a trump card. Okay. Suppression, how about you? Not much better. I don't trust this guy. I hardly know him. Okay. Are you at least allowing Colonel Fabric to take point on this? Yeah. I'm not not walking behind him. Or no, okay, I'm not I'm not letting him walk behind me. Is that because you don't want to expose your back to him? Exactly. Okay, gosh. You mistrustful people. Uh, no, that's fair though. You don't have a reason to trust him right now. Okay. Colonel Faybrook escorts you farther south along the river, this dark river, past the point where you initially crossed. And a short ways after that, he turns around and he's walking backwards a little bit and says, and we have to be careful here. These aren't centuries we might see, but there are those out here who like to claim parts of the outlands for themselves. And if we're not careful, they might see us as intruders. So be on the lookout. And he turns back around. So everybody roll perception. Oh dear. Suppression. Nine. Barreras. 
12. Vale? So it's not so low to be a gentleman's number, but I'll call it a princely four. <laughs> I had a gentleman's eight earlier. So. Yeah, I was just going a princely. It's mostly because I rolled a two. Does that mean a one is like the kingly one or the royal one? Know. I'm making this shit up as I go along. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So perception, not really your strong suit at the moment. Apparently. And as you're walking farther south along the river, passing up rocky outcrops, giant boulders, kicking gravel along the way, hearing a faint moan almost coming from the dark river. As you pass a rather large boulder and continue your way south, you hear the stone begin to shift. You hear rocks tumbling down its face as this enormous stone golem stands up, stomps its foot into the ground, and with a lipless face, just points at you and says, Intruders, I will punish you for trespassing on my terrain. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello and Sierra Jones. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blockland for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B. And thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at DibberMusic.com and on Twitter at DibberMusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.